Welcome back to the Work Inspired Podcast, Svi Broker with Review Shua Gerzi. And before we start, today's episode is being shared with Uli Nishmas, Avram, Ben Yosef, and Bracha. I just want to add, this is the first time I think that we're doing something publicly, Lilu Nishmas, this young man who was nifted last week. So, Be'ezras Hashem, Shem Shemayim, Be'ezras Hashem. Amen, amen. And Be'ezras Hashem, everything that's going to be learned here and applied right, to all of our listeners should bring a continual schus for him amen. and his family. Amen. Thank you, Rabbi So today's topic is a big one, and it's one which is very close to both of our hearts, which is how to be able to make that transition from full-time learning or being in colo into the workplace. And for me personally, this is something which is, which is something which I've shared in the first po- podcast as I told my own story, how I had to go through that transition myself. And for Rav Gerzi, who Baruch Hashem is still in full-time learning and is working, which we're going to spend time in the next podcast to talk about how to be able to manage to do that you know, successfully. Very much looking I hope forward. so. I mean, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. But awesome what we're going to talk about today is for those people that, whether or not you yourself are going through this transition of you've spent a certain amount of your time of your life in full-time learning and now transitioning into the workplace, or you did it once upon a time, or you're in the role where you're supporting someone who's in it, right? It's so important to be able to gain that clarity about what the Torah has to say. Because what we find, and this is something which, a topic which has been brought up in different, in different contexts, magazine articles that have been written about it, is that when we look and we see what is the experience that's being had by people that go through this transition, you know, words that we find are descriptions of frustration, of disappointment, right, of confusion, sometimes of anxiety, sometimes of sadness. And the truth is, is that it is a big change. It is a big change. Sometimes, you know, I know from my own experience, having gone through this, you know, we're trained, we're trained for those that are, have the opportunity to spend time in yeshiva, right, or spend time afterwards to be able to continue learning, that we should try to be able to maximize every moment. Every moment we're, we're emphasized the, the importance of Torah, right? We want to try to stay away from Bittal Torah and we train ourselves. You know, that when we look at a clock, we think, how can we maximize every minute, every second into another Mishnah, you know, another Daf, another Rashi? And then when we hit you know, the workplace, it's like this shocking experience because it's like, wait, I'm so used to it. It's already programmed into ourselves how to be able to maximize that time. I still remember, you know, when I myself was in college, you know, and, and I've, when I'm working with young adults, you know, that are in college, like this is a question that often comes up. It's like I'm sitting in class, you know, and the teacher is teaching, right? And I have this thought, like, do I really need to be listening? Like maybe I can be like, you know, sneaking my chumash to do shnai mikra underneath when like no one's looking, you know, especially today with all of technology. You know, I was living, you know, in the Stone Age, you know, but... Now, with, the, with everything and the phones, you're on your computer, of course, like, you know, I could be listening to Sheer while being in class. And it, where it's coming from is like a certain desire and a certain training of how can we maximize every second. And I think another additional element, right, is we have this reality of the fact, you know, let's just be honest. You know, we know that Torah is not just an academic subject. You know, there's an aura of Torah. Right? There's a spiritual light of Torah. And when a person has become used to this reality of spending minute after minute, hour after hour, learning Torah and the aura of Torah, the spiritual light of Torah that's, 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 that's shining down and a person's able to absorb, 
right? When we're in the workplace, you know, whatever you're doing, if we're not involved in learning Torah, a person could feel this lack. It's something which is a tangible experience that a person feels that there's, you know, it's like a person's on a certain diet, you know, eating all these nutrients and suddenly his diet changes. It's something which is real. And I think to add on top of that, if those two weren't hard enough, right, there's an identity crisis, you know? Sharing the river you've met with so many people for so many years of their life, they may have been that person that's, you know, he's the person of full-time learning. He's the person in Kailu, you know, and the way that he looks at himself, right? The, the people he hangs out with, the shul that he dobbins in, right? And then the spouse, you know, the spouse, you know, who she's spending time with her crowd, right? The Kola wives, you know, the, the, the in-laws, you know, the parents, like, oh, what does your son-in-law do? Okay, and, and this could become a crisis where a person has to suddenly, at some point in their life, reevaluate what's their identity. Who am I? Who have I been? What does that mean that I'm now going to become this balabas, you know, this balabas sort of type of person that I may have spoken about? And lastly, there's, you know, on top of all of that, there's this actual real challenge of a person who spent, you know, X amount of years in a certain environment, in a base medrash where he feels comfortable working on specific skills, and now being put into a work environment where things are different. You know, let's, you know, let's, let's face it, you know, work environment, wherever your work environment might be, is not the base medrash. There might be coffee, tea, tea also, but you know, if you're English, but it's not the same thing. You know, the people that you're with are not the same. There are certain skills, right, that are, are expected in the work environment that may not have been built when a person's in full-time learning. So you have all these aspects piling on top of each other, and then it's like, bam, what do I do? And I think that it's understandable, Gersi, why is it that people are experiencing this frustration where the only thing they hold on to is what? Don't worry, this that you know me. Don't worry, this vacation. You know, this is what it means. Oh, Parnassa, just hold on, make it through. But is that really what's what what helps a person to be able to not just survive, but really thrive in a situation like that? As okay. always, Kurt, you'll just give us all the answers. I, 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 I'm listening. I don't, uh, don't say that. <laughs> you say that. I don't like you say that. Right. It's okay. Um, it's it's a massive, massive, massive subject. It's a very charged subject. You know, there's so many offshoots of this conversation. And, and it's, as, as you mentioned, you mentioned you've got the wife, the in-laws, you have the children. Like, there's so much going on. There is a, a deep identity crisis. And I, I think for a lot of people, for, it depends, I think, where you come from as well. Because once upon a time, we did not sit and learn all day. And it's, it's more 50, 60 years old, if, if I can suggest, you know, if I can suggest such a thing after the Second World War, 50, 60, 70 years old, the whole world has changed. So after the war, there was a, a wanting from G'dayla Torah that you sit and you learn for a period of time, you learn for a period of time, and, and really start building Torah. You have B'nai Torah who are sitting and steiging. And, and this became like the Ikka. This, this is the most Choshev. A-class Yid, you were hearing very often that this is, this is the Ikka. So it's, there's, so many, there's so many different layers and elements and dimensions to this. And we for sure are not going to do an exploration of this justice now. Yeah, for sure. As we always say, it's always it's, a... it's touching, it's scratching the surface. 
No excavation. Yeah, yeah. Because no like, excavation. Like you said, you know, there's. I just proposed, you know, four different challenges. Yes. I believe four, and it could be a person has all four, a person only has one, a person has two. It could be a person has none. Yeah. It could be a person has none. I remember when in Gated Yeshiva, it was very interesting, in Gated Yeshiva, in one conversation I had with Rosh Yeshiva, he, 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 he once mentioned that the goal of the Yeshiva was to put out Choshva Balabatim. Like those uh, in Avadak, in, in the different in the different systems of growth, there was this Indian of a Choshva Balabait. What's a Choshva Balabait? That you spend some years steiging and learning. You're Isaac in Avedis Hashem, you're building your Midas, and you could be a Choshva Balabait. It's it's something that is not heard enough. I heard this from Revel Yashev. I heard this from Rav Avadia Yosef. I heard this term Choshva Balabait, and and really that's it's it's something very praiseworthy, and we don't necessarily hear enough of it. And and again, like I'm going to leave that section right now, but just to start off with a communication. There's a lot going on here. It's very charged. There's many layers and dimensions, and and there's a respect to that. There's respect for that. And the other Nakuda I'll just touch upon, which I think we'll speak about next week, Be'ez Ras Hashem, all being well, all being well, is this Nakuda of staying in learning. And if a person wants to stay in learning, we speak about, or we hear many people speaking about either staying or learning and going out to work. But what about the exploration of a middle ground that maybe you can stay in learning and you can still work on supporting yourself. Is there that middle ground? So I don't hear many people having that conversation. Um, you know, I, there are people having that conversation, but in the mainstream veld, in the mainstream world, it seems to be one or another. Maybe there's a middle ground, and we'll share that. Beis Hashem. Maybe an akuda that I'd like to suggest for now. Something to think about. Something to reflect upon is this idea of change and transition. What is change? So the human species, we're very good at change. Change is a davar chitzoni. We're told, do this, and do that. And like little sheeps, you know, we follow orders. There's nothing wrong. That's how, that's how society works within a structure. We have a structure. We follow well-behaved. Fantastic. And it's needed. It's needed. We're not saying it's not needed, we're saying it is needed. It's a davar chashuv ma'od, to have this element of following orders, understanding authority, working with authority in a healthy way. It's davar chitzoni, it's something external. Following orders, being told, go from point A to point B, yafeh. But then you have something called transition. What's transition? Your internal state. Your internal state. Mani margish bifnim, what am I feeling inside? So transition is more tricky. Transition is all the emotions I feel. So a person can be sitting and learning and taking learning seriously. But for financial reasons, they now have to go out to work. It's a din on the ketubah. It's a din on the ketubah. Have to support the wife and family. They go out to work. So what happens? As you said, they can go out to work. They can find a job. They could even find maybe a good job. But inside their head, inside their mind, what are they feeling? So for so many, we've had this conversation before. There's a segment, there's a population where they transition beautifully with grace, with chayn. But then there is a segment of society, they transition and they feel second class. They feel, am I, am, am I giving up? I'm giving up. Maybe I could have you know, worked on 
bringing, not eating, you know, not eating the same different meals every week. I could have had more chulent from Shabbos. But this is something real. This is something, and, and this transition is not necessarily spoken about as much. I would say in Yiddishkeit, in Yiddishkeit, we're very sensitive to transition. Maybe, again, it's not as conscious, but where we see change, we see transition. So take, for example, Chol to Shabbos. So there's change, but then you have transition. So we have Chol to Shabbos. The transition is change of clothes, Sudas, Kiddush, from Shabbos to Chol, Havdalah. So you have change, and then you have a transition, a tefillah, a prayer, some sort of ritual that aids us with that transition. I see. So what you're saying is, is that we find, we find this concept of, of change, change and transition yeah. embedded within the, different aspects yeah. of, of, take, of Judaism take. in Torah, where the understanding is, is, is that in order for us to be successful in that change, we have to recognize the fact that An we're, emotional, we're human beings, and therefore yeah. we have certain tools and practices that help us internally. It's not just like, okay, go change this, yeah. and now you'll be okay. There needs to be this. Tr- so you have, for example, Sheva Brachos. You have a wedding in Sheva Brachos. We have a chasen here. So what happens? You have a wedding. It's a big change. Transition. Sheva Brachos. When someone graduates from this world, when someone's nifter, we have the death, but then we have Shiva. Then there's another level of change and transition, the Shloshim. And then you have the Shana Roshai. And this is found in the world of Kabbalah, the world of the mystics. In in the mystical writings, we're told, for those who understand, we have the ten emanations, the ten spheres. And every single time you come to the top of the ten spheres, there's another world on top. And that which is called Keter, which is the highest emanation, instead of moving now to a new something, we go back to what's called the lowest emanation. We're using these terms low and high, but it's not really low and high. Called Malchus. So we go from a Keter, going through the ten emanations, and then the next world up, you have a Malchus, which is the lowest of the ten, ten emanations. So there's always a train, a, a change, and in Yiddishkeit, it's met with transition. And I think this is something very important in all Avedis Hashem, but especially Times in our life where there is big change. We have to spend time, speaking to ourselves, our loved ones, our friends, our mentors, meeting the need of respecting transition. I'll add one more nakuda. The one more nakuda is that as well, when you're going through change and you meet healthy transition, it brings up a lot of questions. So it gives you the ability to reaffirm, why am I doing this? So for example, le mashal, a person can say, no, I'm going to sit and learn and learn and learn and learn. And are they learning because they want to learn? Or are they learning because, you know, they want to be an Evet Hashem? So if they're being a real Evet Hashem, and if they're really following Torah, there's a din in the Ketubah. Right. We have this din in the Ketubah that tells us, ah, there's a halacha that states like this, there's a law that tells us in this and this situation, this is what you need to be doing. So 
Sometimes, am I, am I doing Avedis Hashem? Am I trying to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And I could be keeping every single law in the Torah and it's got nothing to do with Hashem. Right. So you're, it's got to do with my own ego. So you're saying if a person, a situation where he's learning and learning and learning, he may not, I mean, he could, but a person may not come to that point where he's asking those questions to really excavate what his person's yes. motivations are, but because of the sort of type of tension of the change to it, now there could be these questions of like, what was my why, learning why about? Am I, yeah, why, why, was... why am I learning? Why am I doing it? And hopefully, hopefully, what would be is that the, the learning with Avedis Hashem, what a privilege, what a privilege. And now, transition, I feel shalem. This is Avedis Hashem. This is what is being called for from me. What a privilege I can go out and do this or do that. What a privilege. Everything is a privilege. Everything is Akara Satov. And it does. It takes time. It takes effort. We want to be emotionally healthy. We want to have change and transition. But again, in every area of a life, we have change and transition. Right. You know, it, what's coming to mind was you were speaking, and this is a favorite story you like to tell. Um, you know, this came up a lot, you know, as, as a nation, you know, for us over the last couple of years, you know, during, during COVID and during Corona, where there are certain norms that we we're so used to doing that that's just the thing we always did that when certain scenarios came up and we were, were not able to do it. So let's just say for an example, you know, let's say diving with a minion at a, a, per, a certain point, it was emotionally hard. There was a change. The change was, okay, now you're just going to dive and be a chidus on Yom Kippur. You know, it's like, wait, wait a minute, like Yom Kippur, you're, that's really what I'm going to do. What, what about Kedusha? What about Ninigunim? And I think, a lot what was happening, you know, I think the most told story throughout COVID was a story of Revelli Menachem Rebzusha. I just had this chus of being there. But I know you love to tell the story. I think that the story really explains this point well. You know, even at Sadiq, you can't even imagine the godless, the greatness of, of the normal Melech of, of going through a change and transition experience and asking those questions. You want to share? You, you say it the best. The Pishpot story. <laughs> Yeah, you really want me to tell the pitch yeah, I do because Americans we don't say that we we would say the bucket, but yeah, the bucket, the bucket. So Chazda Hashem, we have another. We have uh, it's one of my forebearers, Reb Zushan Reveli Melech, and it's the person who is filming it as well, his Zayda, and and the other person who's in the room, my brother, it's his Zayda right, as so well. We so the, look the, at or, this, the Hashem. So I, I yes, I think it is a beautiful demonstration of change and transition. So the two brothers, Reveli Melech and Reb Zusha, they were walking in their self-imposed exile, going from town to town, being Mechazek, the Rabbim, as the Nistarim would, as the hidden Sadiqim, that's what they would, they would go around, you know, being Mechazek people. So they came to a particular town, and they had a run-in in an inn. And, you know, someone's wallet, someone's uh, purse, money pouch went missing, and what happened? Somebody says, it was these two people over here, these two strangers. So the big policeman comes in, takes these two, you know, Yiddish tzaddikim, picks them up, takes them to the prison and throws them in the prison. The story goes that they're sitting there and it's coming time for Mincha or Marv, it's coming the time to daven, to, to Mamash pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. These tzaddikim never missed a tefillah. Who says? Maybe they never ever missed a tefillah. Maybe they never missed a tefillah minion. Like... So they're in, this, they're in this room, and they've got these other jail members in this room, the other prisoners in the room. 
And, and Rav Elimelech's mind starts to work. He's thinking and thinking and thinking. And Reb Zusha sees Rav Elimelech of Lezhensk. He's like, well, what, what's going on? Because what happened? Rav Elimelech got emotional. He starts to cry. He goes, I want to daven. But I can't daven because there's a pishpot. There's, there's a pishpot in the center of the room where people would do their business. And you can't. Halacha says you can't. And I, I want to daven Takonj Baruch I want to daven Mincha. I want to daven. And, and he's getting very emotional, very upset. And Abzusha looks and he goes, Helga Melech, the same HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the same Shulchan Aruch that says to Davin, a Shachris, the same HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the same Shulchan Aruch that says to Davin, Mincha and Mariv, the same Shulchan Aruch is the same. The same Shulchan Aruch tells us in this situation you can't Davin. So whatever you're doing, you're doing Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The context of the situation. You're doing the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Melech just listened to these words and he was shaken. It's like, Mamish, you're right. I was so caught up in myself. And Tachlis, he starts to smile. He says, you're right. I could still fulfill HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will. You're right. And he Mamish starts to dance, starts to get excited. And he starts Mamish dancing around, Mamish like dancing around the fishpond. This is how my uncle, my great uncle, Sas Rebbe, would tell over the story. And, they, and he takes his brother, they're dancing around. And then the other child members like, what are these years? And okay, dancing, let's dance. And they start to dance and they're looking at the fishpond and Mamish, they're going, going nuts. So then the prison officer comes in and goes, what's going on here? And again, obviously, ah, there's two Jews there, the one starting the problem. They pick them up and they throw them out. Pick them up and they throw them out. They're, they're going now on their journey again. Wow. But this Nakuda is such a deep Nakuda. Change and transition. Always, always, we need to believe in every, in every situation, Chevra, in every situation, we always are fulfilling and we can fulfill the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's no such thing as not fulfilling the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It depends on our frameworks of thinking. Wow. And to be mechazik the whole time, change and transition. Yes, it's it's amazing. It's such a chizik. I know that they gave me a lot of chizik during Corona, and I think the reason why the story was shared by so many rabbanim was because it gave chizuk not just the end of the story, which was that they got to daven, but it, it gave chizik to know that you can have someone like Rebbeinu over here, you know, and 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 those feelings and those emotions, um, and to recognize that this is a, a transition that's normal and we need to go through. You know, one of my favorites, Mark McComas, you know, the sources that speak about this, we find about Yaakov Avinu, right, that when Yaakov Avinu leaves his full-time learning, when Yaakov Avinu leaves being in the base medrash and he's going out, right, he's going out and he's going to enter the workplace, right, he's going to work for Lavan, he wasn't a very good boss, right, Yaakov Avinu had his own aha moment, Right, where, where Yaakov Avinu recognized, yesh, there's also a Baruch in this place, right, the, the Tzadikim explained, yadati, right, the Yaakov Avinu said, and I didn't recognize it. Right, as different Tzadikim explained what was going on over here on some level. One, one level was Yaakov Avinu was saying that I can find Ruchnias, I can find connection with a Baruch Hu, even outside of the base measures. Where Yaakov Avinu was brought up, right, Ish Yoshev Oyalim, he was always learning Torah, this is what he did. So he also had this transition that he had, that he went through, 
and it's a tremendous chizuk. It's a tremendous chizuk for us, right? For each one of us, or if you're supporting someone who's going through that experience and they're feeling down on, them, down on themselves, we need to be mechazek. We need to be mechazek them to recognize that this is a process, and we can grow from this process. Hearing what you're saying, it reminds me of a story that, as we said, we have change and we have transition. We have to have an amuna pshuta. On a certain hand, as long we we have to do our avodah, we have to check in. Where am I? What what are my wants? What are my needs? What do I feel my calling is right now? Speak to your mentors, your teachers. Speak to your friends, family members, if it's the right thing to do to try and work out cheshbon and nefesh what is correct. I remember a um, remember a situation when I was in America. One of the first times I went to visit the Pilsner Rav, Rabbi Singer. So there was a lawyer who went to learn in yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. He took a sabbatical, seven months, six, seven months, and he went to learn in a particular yeshiva in the old city. And he came back. And while I was in America, he came to visit Rabbi Singer. Him going to America and him taking the sabbatical was partially to do with Rabbi Singer. So remember, he was very upset. And I happened to be there. I happened to be there. And, and I was sitting at the table, and I, I spoke to the lawyer for a few minutes. And Rabbi Singer was listening to this person. The person was saying, listen, I have enough money to retire and to sit and learn. I won't be a millionaire. I'll be comfortable. I can make it. Right, let me go sit and learn. Let me go sit and learn. And Rabbi Singer said something very interesting. Rabbi Singer said something very interesting. He says, listen, I want you to know something. It's very nice to sit and learn. And you have your chavrusa in the morning, you have your chavrusa in the evening. But I want to tell you that looking at you, understanding you, building a relationship with you, you have to chapshat. You've got midot tovot, midas tovot. You're a good-natured person. You're honest. You're authentic. And working as a lawyer, you will do more good and you will be more productive and you'll be more of a kiddush Hashem than sitting and learning all day. Wow. And... The person looked. He didn't expect an answer like that from Rabbi Singer. You know, you can imagine. Amazing. Good. Go. And he says to Rabbi Singer, I, I don't understand your answer. I've got the ability. You're saying that the ikka is not necessarily to sit and learn all day? He says, no. It's not everyone's tough kid to sit and learn all day. Each person has to figure out what's matim for them. Rabbi Singer said to him, you don't know. But I just want to give you a dogma, an example of your character and your authenticity and your dignity and respect and your work ethics, I want you to know that this person, if you speak to them and ask them why they made that change in their life from keeping less Torah mitzvahs, or at that time no Torah mitzvahs, to keeping Torah mitzvahs, they will answer, it was because of you. Wow. This particular person, I mean, and, and this this particular person who is a client yeah. of yours, I know them, but they and he's like, really? He says, yeah, go find out. And this particular person, there were six or seven people that he mentioned that they changed their life, and either it was like ninety percent or half half. It was part of their journey, but meeting him, spending time with him, in the work capacity of being a lawyer, made that transition and change for them to change their way of life. And Rabbi Singer looked at me. He looked at me and he said, learn this lesson. You have to understand 
that everybody has their something to give to society. Everyone. And he, he starts to quote Pasukim and Maima Chazal that we've shared and we've shared with others that everybody has their tafkid and it's an unfolding process. Tafkid is not like I have my one or two things to do. It's an unfolding process. And we navigate being Megala HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world through a moment-to-moment experience. This is now tafkid. We now are fulfilling Tafkid. Everyone in this room here is fulfilling Tafkid. It's a moment-to-moment experience. And we have to use our Koychus HaNefesh through hopefully proper healthy guidance to figure out what's the best way to Megale God through me in the world. And Rabbi Singer said to this lawyer, you keep on being a lawyer. Wow. You keep on being a dignified, honest lawyer with your learning Seder. This is the best use of who and what you are to Megale Hashem in the world. Wow, I love that story, especially, you know, because you were speaking about a story. First of all, first of all, it shows um, the ingredient that Rabbi mentioned before about mentorship, you know, and the importance, the importance we speak about in the Arbi Yisudos paradigm of having that mentor, having that rub, somebody that knows you, right, who understands, you know, not just seeing you here and there, but really understands who you are, where you're coming from, to be able to give such an advice like that. But here you're talking about someone who's a lawyer and... You know, I know that from having met and worked with people that go through this transition, and I'm sure Rebbe as well, you know, sometimes if people have to leave full-time learning, you know, they may feel, okay, you know, if I'm not able to be in the base measures, you know, plugging away and learning, you know, all day. So, okay, so I'll become a Rav, I'll become, you know, a Malami, I'll become a teacher, you know, or if I'm, at least I can be involved in Torah, right? Or, 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 or I'll edit Svarim, I'm involved in Torah. That's called Melachas HaKoydish. Right today, you know, the holy profession, right? Or a person, okay, so I'll become a coach, I'll become a therapist. In that situation, a social worker, I can feel, I can feel there. That's how I can connect to Akadosh Baruch Hu. You know, and, and the story here, we're talking about a lawyer. We're talking about a lawyer, and this is something which, you know, we both shared with people that we meet with. You know, in the base Medrash program, we spent, we spent a couple of months going through the Marmakomas, really showing this very, very clearly, that from a Torah perspective, it doesn't make a difference, you know, what, 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 what professional uniform you're wearing. If a person is working in a job that's a good fit for him, a good fit for him, that is an opportunity to be able to come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in that job. No less than the Rav and no less than the social worker. You know, look at Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu was a shepherd. He was a shepherd, right? But we find, we just mentioned, recently mentioned it on a parsha of it, on a parsha, on a parsha Torah, Right, that we find that Yaakov Avinu says about himself after all of those years with Lavan, he speaks about himself and he reflects on his time working and says that the time that I spent working created a bigger schus, a greater protection for him than schus avos. And his schus avos was his father and grandfather. Yaakov Avinu. It's like, Yaakov Avinu, what, what's going on over here? But we're seeing that from the Torah perspective, the Torah perspective, Hashem wants us to understand that, that if, like Rebbe said, there's a, a life circumstance, the context that right now, right, that is pushing you from being in full-time learning, and you get that guidance that now I'm making that shift, I'm going to end up in the office, that Hashem wants us to show up feeling good about ourselves. Hashem wants us to show up feeling proud. Hashem wants us to show up with our head held up high and recognize this is an opportunity, right, not just to get through it, you know, and then 
survive somehow. It's an opportunity for, for connection with Hashem. I just want to add as well something really important that I speak to a lot of the wives. And sometimes the wives have this, you know, they, they feel, you know, my tafkid was to support my husband in learning if that was the case. Or, or even if there's chavrusas, and it, it's, it's, it's the whole family. One person's Avedis Hashem is everybody's Avedis Hashem. As one of my forebearers would say, a change anywhere is a change everywhere. So, for example, the wife is going to go through her transition. When a wife goes out to work to support, if she chooses to do that, or, for example, if she stops working because the husband has to go out, she's going to go through her turmoil, maybe. The husband is going to go through their turmoil, maybe. Maybe it'll be natural. They've got good guidance, emotionally healthy, and they, they, you know, they navigate that terrain in a healthy way. So I think the whole family, the whole family, the children, and it's to be sensitive. It's to be sensitive. What's your internal transition now? What's your internal transition? What's your internal? To be aware of the collective as all of these movements occur. Yeah, it's so important. I think that's a great lead-in for, you know, what we're going to wrap up with here today, you know, is to give us a, an, an exercise that each one of us could apply. But before we do, just a quick sum up, you know, what we said that we find is a reality that for people that are going through this transition, going through this change, this transition of full-time learning into Kolo, that it can be difficult, right, for various different reasons, right, whether it's an identity issue, whether it's lack of skills or just clarity within oneself about how people are using their time and whether it's you or you're supporting someone in this situation it's so important for us to recognize right that first of all the Torah didn't expect us to be able to make this change without as what we described here today as transition transition is a it's a formula that we find embedded throughout Torah and especially in such a change like this right where a person's been spending all of their time learning and this is what they've been doing or this is what their identity has been caught up with we can't just say okay just now show up at work and expect everything to just roll over right just because that's what we need to do we have to recognize that who respects the human experience and therefore we need to dedicate time towards that change and transition in terms of what we can do what would you say Rav Gerzi might be an exercise that somebody who is either going through this trend this change right now or someone that went through it and maybe they just never actually dealt with feelings of brewing resentment, right, or brewing, you know, anxiety about confusion about this topic, what might be something, some questions a person can ask themselves? Okay. To try to be able to take the message from today's podcast, you know, and to try to be able to help us to become healthier and stronger with it. Maybe a couple of things to think about um, as takeaways. Journaling, just writing out, like writing out, doing a check-in. Physically... How do I feel that now I'm transitioning from learning to work physically? How do I feel? Like what's going on within my body? Emotionally. Physically would be like what? Like am I, my body I is tense, my body tense, relaxed, relaxed. Am I yes. More, okay. Yes. Emotionally would be what feelings are coming up? Like you mentioned resentment. Like why? So if, if a feeling comes up, maybe explore it. Explore. Is it helpful for me? Is it not helpful for me? What's going on in my thinking? What am I thinking about this? So maybe a journaling exercise to do a check-in where you are and then asking questions on what comes up. 
So writing, just start by writing and then look through it and ask and inquire, well, why, why am I feeling that? Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? That's one piece of advice maybe we can give. The other is to talk to somebody. Talk to mentors, talk to friends. Um, you know, sometimes in a time of change and transition, you have to find maybe a new mentor or somebody else you can speak to. A friend. This is what I'm going through now. The family. Like the family should be together. This is what we're going through now. Talk, share, do a check-in. Make sure that you are dealing with your wants and your needs. You're dealing with your thoughts, feelings, and physical sensations. And the goal is to be an Eved Hashem. Yeah. To be an Eved Hashem, to be authentic, to be real, and to be a loving, decent, healthy human being in Hashem's way. And as Rabbi Yassel Rabinowitz, the Bial Rebbe's son, always says, to live a life where you're kasha and yasha, kasher and yashar. Be'ezras Hashem Yitbarach. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful exercise. And I love that idea of, of bringing the whole family and recognizing the fact that, that this is something which impacts the whole family. And when we can do this together, what we can see is that it can help us to become a stronger family unit. Yes. And we can become upgraded human beings. Yes. We can come to a deeper level of appreciation of the time that we have for learning Torah, a deeper excavation of our whys of why we're learning Torah and the ability to be able to take that journey along with Yaakov Avinu, right, and to be able to find ways to be able to connect with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, right, wherever we are. Beautiful.